0: I wish I had a dick like Sir Anthony Hopkins. Right, because honestly, his (laughs) dick was probably the best dick in the history of dicks. I am super jealous. I don't know about you, JJ, but very jealous. Clearly, a top notch dick. The old man, right, Sir Anthony Hopkins. I mean, amazing. Yeah, wonderful, wonderful dick.
1: Tell you. to the what's already podcast where we fashion ourselves cinematic judge and jury my name is jj Carter. i'm here with my co-host alec burgess let's get it we appreciate you tuning in go ahead hit that follow subscribe like bell notification all those buttons push your own button while you're at it tell a friend uh, take care of you yeah always take care of you in fact if you're really weird and freaky do it while you're listening or watching i mean i'm all for that shit i mean i feel for you and your tastes if that's how you do that but
0: i mean maybe we should change the way we do this into more like sultry voices jj well
1: i mean i've been sick so i've had my barry white voice so maybe, mm, maybe the last couple go. episodes um, have been the time right like and it's all fun and sexy until i start hacking my guts up and then <laughs> like uh which just makes it more real yeah let's exactly. be honest. that's fair that's fair uh but yeah as always we appreciate you tuning in so we're going to be reviewing Today, fracture. It was released April twentieth, two thousand and seven. It was written by Daniel Pine and Glenn Gers. It was directed by Gregory Hoblet. It stars Anthony Hopkins, Ryan Gosling, David Strathairn, Rosamund Pike, MF Davids, Billy Burke, Cliff Curtis, Fiona Shaw, and Josh Stamberg. An attorney intending on climbing the career ladder towards success finds an unlikely opponent in a manipulative criminal he is trying to prosecute. And most of the time, these like synopses on IMDb are shitty because they're kind of wrong. This one's right, but it's so shitty doesn't do this in, movie yeah. any justice. <laughs> like this movie is so complex. Like, and I will say, I'm going to be completely and utterly biased during this episode because this was one of my recommendation. Excellent. Movies. I love it. Found it years ago. Saw it in the theater just because I'll watch anything that's got Anthony Hopkins in it. And because it was released on 420? Yeah. Yeah, Can't that's why I went to see it in the theaters. Can't <laughs> go wrong with that. I mean, I probably was high when I watched it, if I'm being honest. I, 2007, that's not a far cry for me. <laughs> 2023, it's not a far cry for me. <laughs> Excellent. Well, I want to get the elephant out of the room away. Yeah.
0: I wish I had a dick like Sir Anthony Hopkins. Right. Because honestly, his <laughs> dick was probably the best dick in the history of dicks. So I'm super jealous. I don't know about you, JJ, but very jealous. Clearly, a top notch dick. The old man, right, got a For good Sir dick. Anthony Hopkins. I mean, amazing.
1: Yeah. Wonderful, wonderful dick. Telling you, he hired it. That was great. my favorite part of the movie, Dude. honestly. It's so funny. Exactly. And I think, like, look, this movie's fantastic, but this movie would not be as good, maybe not even good at all, if not for Anthony Hopkins. Oh, absolutely. Like, he carries you have a, lot movie. Of, you have a lot of good actors, sure, right? Who've done a lot of things.
0: But aside from Ryan Gosling, they're all B list actors. Yeah. Great at what they do, but nobody to really carry and put the movie on their back.
1: Anthony Hopkins comes in and does an amazing job. Oh yeah. Just, and I, you know, I think I texted you that this is my favorite non uh, Westworld and Hannibal. Yeah. Westworld and Hannibal character of his. And I think it's because it kind of combines the two characters a little bit. Like he's just mad genius with the sadistic side. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Too smart for his own good. Smarter than everybody in the room most and knows people, it and yeah and is not afraid to you know play that up and has this wicked dirty nasty streak to him that like is frightening and so you know it's it's like you talk about you're sitting in this room with the fucking judge presiding over his attempted murder case and he's making jokes about his freaking dick about <laughs> his private detective in front of the judge and she's so fucking she just kind of sits there like i probably should be offended by this but i'm not Not, yeah i'm not gonna I'm more upset that the
0: prosecutor doesn't have a fucking
1: case yeah that this guy that is doing the worst thing in that he's defending himself he shouldn't do that we know that never But he's knocking it out of the park, even though he seemed like a moron most of his trial.
0: Yeah, he shows up on the first day, just doodles. (laughs) And, you know, your witness. Oh, hi. He says, hi to his gardener. (laughs) No, do you want to question it? Oh, no, 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 you're okay. Yeah. Doesn't do anything on his day one of the trial. Nope. At all. Just is goofing off. You're working on his next project, asking if he's going to be home
1: for Thanksgiving. And ripping just, papers out of the thing and yeah. distracting freaking <laughs> the prosecutor. Oh, I loved it.
0: It was amazing. Yeah. And I, I don't think anybody else could have really pulled it off that way. Certainly no. nobody in our era.
1: No. Or the era that this film was filmed in. Yeah. It would be impossible to get that level of greatness. Yeah. Well, and I think one thing about Anthony Hopkins that has always stuck out to me is that even when he's playing characters like Hannibal. I mean, the guy's a fucking cannibal serial killer and you like him you do (laughs) like i want to hang out with this fucking guy (laughs) like my spleen will probably be on his dinner plate by the time it's done but i want to hang out with this guy yeah you're rooting for him you're rooting for the bad guy only anthony hopkins can do that very few characters can be that much of a bad guy and yet and it's the same with this movie he's sitting there and he's just this lovable idiot strolling through this trial and you know the first time you watch it you're kind of like okay you know he's got some up his sleeve he's too smart to not understand that there's he's got a fucking release valve he has to but you're looking at him going this goofy fucking dumbass like it's great you know and you're like go you dude especially because we all hate lawyers we all hate Mm -hmm. the criminal justice system for the most part like even the judge when they're in his arraignment is like, he's another guy trying to take advantage. It's his, He's a citizen. So it's his right to try to take advantage of the justice system, Civil just system, like everybody yeah. else. And I was like, what a clever fucking line, because it's true. It's a, it's a manipulable, broken to a certain degree system. But you just root for this dude. And up to the end, like you're just like, OK, his wife was cheating on him. He was just smarter than went about it smarter than everybody else would have. Yeah, yeah. Well, and another one. I mean, it's so clever too. Like the way he handles it. Like Casey kept because like you go through and you're like, it's it's done. He's got a confession. He's got a murder weapon. He's got everything you need to convict this dude. Like he's got to know. And then when he's so nonchalantly standing there in his, in his cell during the arraignment he's like not guilty oh and i have uh, you know i'm like wait what did you just say not guilty like how's that gonna work
0: <laughs> right like you signed a confession <laughs> why are you pleading not guilty yeah but it's so clever in like the second layer of this whole thing that's going on where it's such a shut and done case you know, and he picks his prosecutor. Yeah. He picks Ryan Gosling as a prosecutor, a guy who only takes open and closed cases. Mm -hmm. Like cases are in the bag to get his win rate up. Like that's all he cares about. Those are the only cases that he takes and Anthony Hopkins set it up. So he would get an overconfident, cocky lawyer like that Mm -hmm. who wants this easy case is not going to do a lot of work and find out that all of their evidence that would have made this just a shoe in useless can't be used. And that way he, like, no, whoever takes his case is not gonna have a fallback plan. Yeah, they haven't done due process up to that point. They just said, Okay, I got an easy case, you know, be home for lunch.
1: Yep. Well, and it's amazing. so amazing. It's even genius too. Like when he, he sends him the discovery file back with no written on like every page, <laughs> every page and taunts him into the prison to come talk to him. And then while he's there, he gives him an out, offers him a job. Yeah, come be my lawyer. Not And that does two things. One, he's going to make it a bucket of money because you can tell this guy's loaded. And he tells him, I'll pay you a shit ton of money, a ridiculous mm-hmm. amount of money. Not only that, but by paying him a ton of money, you're bringing on a wealthy client to this new law firm that he's going to. Even though they're a corporate lawyer type thing, they still can do defense, yeah, private sector, stuff like that. So you now bring in a new client that obviously has deep pockets to... This new not to mention connections. Yeah. So, no, I mean, he offered him not only a way out, but really a solidification to this new job that he's trying to get with this high profile law firm that he's got. And he's shitting on by losing this case and getting wrecked on this case. It just is such a devious. He's so twisted this whole show. And I love every second of it. Oh, up until like the last 30
0: minutes. Yeah. Like right Where they start to go off the rails. Yeah. That's where you stop rooting for him. But up to that point, you're
1: like, dude, yeah,
0: I'm on his side. Yeah,
1: for sure. Like, there's nothing about the situation that I'm like, I get it. If I was that smart, I'd do oh, that absolutely. too. Absolutely. Yeah. Because I'm not that smart. I'm not either. Like,
0: <laughs> no. And, oh, and neither yeah. is my dick. My dick is yeah. not that smart either. So
1: I'm like, really shooting blanks at the moment. Right. Yep. I don't have a really good dick either. (laughs) It just just wouldn't work
0: out, but I also love like this entire movie. They almost lead you to the answer. And I don't know if you got the answer on your first watch through JJ, because I know you pick up on stuff like that. But for me, I thought, you know, this switch that happened, Mm -hmm. happened at the beginning in the house. Yeah. And I was like, Oh, that that's it. That's where it happened. Mm Mm-hmm. Come to find out, no. There's another level added to this. Yeah, it, it turns out to be the smoking gun. Yep. In the whole situation, I was like, ah, motherfucker, because yep. I, I was watching. I was like, hey, you had kind of told me what this movie is about, and within the thir- first thirty seconds, I'm like, okay, I got an idea for what's going on. I was
1: like, motherfucker, mm-hmm. what
0: the <laughs> missed it by that
1: much? Yep, which um, drove me nuts. Because I thought, just so you know, early on, and when I the first time I saw it, I thought too. I was like, oh. He swapped guns, but the double switch, which is even more sick and fucked up. Cause you could have done the same thing, switching the switch. gun in the house, right? Which he does, mm-hmm. but he doesn't want it just to be that he switches it in the hotel room while they're out there having their last session together, their cheating session so that he kills this woman with the cop's gun and then gives it back. Are you shitting me? How fucking petty are you? Like that's petty Murphy level shit right there. Like mm-hmm. and I mean it's genius too. Like you can just say I killed my wife with her lover's weapon, and then this dumbass walked out with the murder weapon so that I can get off scot-free. The only thing that fucks up fucks him up is he doesn't actually kill his wife. If he actually had killed her right out the gate. Perfect he's crime. enjoying his second honeymoon yeah, exactly and he, and all the taunting he does to ryan gosling at the end actually pays off mm-hmm. it just, well, it's just oh.
0: it's also the fact that he knew the detective was going to be there for the entire trial mm-hmm. the murder rep is in the courtroom yeah and nobody knows Oh yeah. it's the perfect crime with an incredible amount of cocky extras thrown in to where he doesn't need all this extra stuff but he puts it in there. He throws it in there. He makes a big show out of it, like even when he pretends not to know legal jargon, um, to get that that just drop of the hat. Oh, uh, fucking the victim. Yeah. And you see in everybody's faces like their knee jerk reaction. He he knows legal jargon. He shows up the next day and he has. Everything in order. He knows exactly what he's doing, what he's saying. Move for acquittal and all this stuff. And yep. The judge even points out, "So, like, oh, looks like you're much better acquainted with legal proceedings in California now."
1: Yeah, asshole. Oh man.
0: But say that this poor
1: prosecutor, right, public prosecutor, I guess, or the yeah, public defender. Well, state, I guess whatever, state the state prosecutor. prosecutor. Yeah.
0: Poor guy's like, she's like, oh, why did you let the detective who was sleeping with the victim take the confession? It's like, I don't fucking know. <laughs> Makes him look like he has no idea how to do his job.
1: Yeah. Well, and I think that's the best extra layer of this whole thing is not only is he killing his wife and, and would have gotten, is on his way to get away with it scot-free, but he's doing it while he's humiliating everyone involved. To the point that the detective that his wife's sleeping with kills himself in the courtroom after he's acquitted. I mean, Jesus. And what a great line that is later. And it's ironic too, cause he's in the, in the house and the prosecutors there. And we know now that the prosecutors figured it out. Well, the first time you watch, you're like, is he going to fucking shoot him? Like, is that his, yeah. he doesn't have evidence, but now he's got new evidence, but he's like, Tony's like, yeah, sometimes life just sees fit to give us these great little gifts. (laughs) And I'm like, what a twisted fuck this guy is. And I love every second of it because it's like, I want to be, I want to be him. him. You know what I mean? And that is so fucked up for me to say. And I realize, but I am a problem (laughs) person for saying that. I'm not saying that I want to murder someone. Maybe you should have led with that. Probably. However... I want to be in a situation where I'm that guy and I can say shit like that with the level of confidence that I know there's no, nothing anyone can do about it with the exception of maybe shooting me. Right. Like, yeah. And I think that's the fun for me. And again, I don't know what this says about me other than maybe there are some sociopathic tendencies there that I love it. Watching this movie. Like I sit and I go, fuck. I, This guy is my hero. Like, yeah, I'm taking notes on how to pull this shit off. Yeah, I want to be this level of dastardly that I can be that kind of that kind of smart, that I can be the guy in the room that's beat everyone and then rub their faces in it and know that there's nothing they can do about it.
0: Uh, And there's so many little things that can go wrong with this, right? Like this whole plan doesn't work if in the course of the affair, his wife tells the detective her last name. The fact that, you know, he takes his shirt off, that's got all the blood on it, mm-hmm. throws it in the fire. There's a chance that doesn't burn all the way and they find fabric or fibers or something like that. Yeah. You know, no, no GSR on his residue or whatever on his hand from the gunshot. He got that off, but, you know, maybe he didn't get all of it, you know, and then they never checked the detective's gun. There's all these little things where you think in the testimony, I placed my gun type of thing on the chair, then went over here. It's like, oh, was you at? know where your gun was at all times? No, I didn't have a constant eye line on it. Like, okay, let's check your gun and things like that. And so it's all these little things that could have just thrown it out of the ballpark, but he still has that level of confidence mm-hmm. that,
1: nope, I'm confident you guys are all a bunch of idiots and you are not gonna figure out a way to get me. Well, and it makes you wonder like how much, how long, cause obviously, He's been planning this for a minute. Like we don't know how long he's known that they've been, he's, she's been having an affair with this dude. It's obviously been going on for a minute. The guy seems smart enough to figure it out pretty quickly. So his level of understanding of the players is pretty strong as well. Like he knew enough. I mean, you see him make the call asking if that detective's in the office, when's he going to be there? knowing that once he shows up, human nature is going to have him run to this woman and forget all of protocols. Right. Like, yeah. Genius level shit. And he's even arrogant on the phone call.
0: Oh, no worries. I'll see him later tonight. Yeah.
1: I- <laughs>
0: <laughs> like, what if he's already on a call or there's so many things that could go wrong in this situation? Yep. But he is just so confident that it's going to work out. Yeah, like I aspire to that level of confidence. Yeah, mercurie well, bits be damned, but yeah, it's, <laughs> sure. That level of confidence and pulling off my perfect crime,
1: yeah. shit. Well, and it's just like him, like the little cocky fucker calling him old sport the whole movie. Like Willie, old sport. God, what a fucking dick! There's like a lot of dick jokes in this movie. I'm just starting wh- to <laughs> <laughs> it offend you when I call you Willie. <laughs> no. That's good. And he just smiles. This little shitty grin. His, his little Hannibal Lecter smile. Yeah. Speaking of the dick, dick joke, the way that it starts is great because they're asking about evidence of his wife having an affair. And he goes, my dick has evidence. <laughs> like, oh, what? <laughs> <laughs> Which fits into what we know of him in the courtroom up to this point. Yeah. And the judge like, is it's like funny because it's a knee jerk line. But we're like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. My dick has evidence. What? Or excuse me. And he's like, my dick. I have a private investigator. I call him my dick. (laughs) And then she just kind of looks at the prosecutor like, he's got evidence. What are you going to do? Oh, fuck. It's just so genius. But to your point, like, there's a lot of, I mean, Ryan Gosling obviously is an A-list actor now. Like, he's not my favorite. But when he's good, he's really good. Mm -hmm. And when when he's in something that I really like, I really like it. But there's things where he's like, eh. I like, don't love everything that he does, mm-hmm. but he's great in this because mm-hmm. he's this cocky kid that just gets knocked off his horse. And then he goes into panic mode because his whole life is crumbling around him. I mean, I, I like the journey that his character goes on. Right. And it's kind of fun to watch these two characters because they're the inverse of each other throughout. Right. So they start Ryan Gosling's character, Willie, starts off very cocky and confident, right? Absolutely. Like, this guy's got the world by the balls. He's get this new job. He's you know, he's worked his way through. He's done it in a way that sets him up for pure success. Even his boss at the VA is like, I mean, you've done I it. can't. Yeah. yeah. I can't fault you. You figured it out. Yeah, you way got to it. go. Well played. Exactly. And then you have this on the flip side, you have this murder that's committed. And while you can tell that he's confident about what he's doing, you can't help but go, you're fucked because there's so much should be evidence against him, including his own confessions, a verbal and a written confession. Now we know a little bit about that confession is going to be a problem because the detective says, I want to be in the room and you're like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. Like, idiot. Yeah. I mean, if you know anything about the law, you know, that's going to be a problem if it comes up, but there's still so much other stuff, but you start to watch these guys paths cross as this poor prosecutor is getting his ass kicked and his confidence is getting shaken. And he's starting to question his own path, his own choices in life and his paths, because he's seeing this guy's about to get away with attempted murder, possible murder. And it's his fault because he didn't do his due diligence. He didn't ask the right questions because he was too cocky on the same token. You go watch this murderer that is in the worst possible position. It seems to getting cockier and cockier and cockier to the point that he wins And then at the very end, they flip back to I'm confident because I found what I was looking for and I figured out your fuck up. Not only that, but you fucked up because you let your such high level of confidence actually put you in a position to not be able to utilize your double jeopardy that you were counting on because you let her die. I can now recharge you with different charges of murder and not just murder, but murder one. In California, you're in 2007, you might go to death row, but you're certainly going to spend the rest of your life in prison. And now I've got all the evidence plus another verbal confession. You're toast, dude.
0: Yeah. And it's great because it also just ties into the movie title, right? Fracture. Yeah. They find each other's breaking point. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Anthony Hopkins talks about it early. It's like your breaking point. I've already found it. Yeah. It's that you can't lose. You do not understand the possibility of losing. And, you know, on the flip side, they didn't really advertise as much. But Ryan Gosling finds a point where Anthony Hopkins thinks he's the smartest guy in the room. And so they find each other's breaking point or their fracture point mm-hmm. and they use it against each other. And that's where the tables get flipped. So it's just, you know, one of those more added levels yeah. to this film. Yeah. I tell you who I feel sorry for Ooh. this poor fucking forensic investigator. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, this dude needs some time off. Yeah. Holy shit.
1: <laughs> He's for real, trying for to real. do his
0: job. Detective's like, hey I want to be in the room. He's like, I don't fucking care. Like, pretty much I bag the evidence, then I'm done. You mm-hmm. do whatever you want. Mm-hmm. And then and just all of his evidence comes back bad. <laughs> Guns never been fired. Confession is shit. Yeah. You got the you got the guy who's got one foot out the door yelling at you, busting your balls, telling you you suck at your job. Mm-hmm. And on top
1: of that, your wife is calling you all the time, Matt. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you're having to search this house like 95 times. And it's a big fucking house. Yeah, it's not a little fucking house. And he's like, because there's got to be a murder weapon. And I love that resilience of Ryan Gosling's character, too, where he's just like, it has to be in this house. He didn't Nobody left the house until our guys got there. Yeah. I just. Oh. Such a good. And then you were talking about the fracture point. I love the point in this cell when they're having that conversation and he brings up like, there's a little circle of light and he's touching it and he's talking about candling eggs, looking for all the imperfections and things like that. And then saying like, this is what I do. I find cra-, Like you say, fracture, fracture points or Pause. breaking points. And, and this is what I do. And I already know yours. And then he sends him after he hands him his ass in court, he sends him that little fucking broken, egg broken show. Egg. Oh my oh God. My God. The level. And of, he
0: knows too. Like there's yeah. no, no, there's no return address or anything. He just immediately knows mm-hmm. why he got sent that. And it just
1: adds another level to the, oh, yeah. the mind. Fuck that's happened to this poor guy. Yeah. Well, and in the same scene before that, like he starts talking about the job that this guy's got. Like he brings up the, you know, the new job. And so the guy, I mean, you gotta be on your heels at that point. You're like, whoa, and he's like, well, yeah. I got a private investigator to investigate. He's like, you're not supposed to investigate me. You're the one on trial for murder. <laughs> yeah, he's like, why not? And I love that question. Why not? Like, you're investigating me. Yeah. It's only there.
0: Man, it's crazy. And yeah, that should have been the tip off where this guy knows more than what he's letting on. Yeah. Like, he's playing the fool in court. Or he's, you know, you know, sending back the discovery document with no written over it, playing a buffoon, essentially. Mm-hmm. But that should be the tip-off that, well, why not investigate you? You're investigating me, that he knows more about what's happening, yeah. or he has a better understanding than what you've led to been led to believe, notwithstanding all the funny jokes in the entire courtroom scene. <laughs> <laughs> I, I tell you, one of the—I guess I want to call it a catch twenty-two, but almost kind of like Mister X, mm-hmm. were those marble machines or the yeah. marble rounds they had? Because I was thinking. All right, maybe if you do a certain sequence, it pops open a compartment or mm-hmm. something like that. Or he's got one at his office. He's got a couple in his house. Like, there has to be something to do with these mm-hmm. machines. And no, it was just fucking cool. And just like kind of an obsession. But it's like he's working on it in the courtroom. That's yep. what he's drawing is the next one he's going to build. So I'm looking, I'm like, okay, this has to tie in somewhere.
1: And no, it fucking does not. <laughs> no, it's genius. Cause I, I do remember vividly the first time I saw it in theaters, like, and Casey and I saw it and she has this beautiful mind where she can forget movies that we saw forever ago. So it was for her, it was almost like watching this movie brand new again. And I'm sitting there going, mm. I know how this ends, but I love this movie. But I remember very clearly the first time watching in the theater, thinking the same thing. It's gotta be one of these marble machines. Like I was so obsessed with these perpetual motion machines that I'm like, it has to be something to do with that. And I kept thinking that it would like the big one in his house would trigger a lock behind his wife's painting or picture Mm. because I was like, how fucking poetic would that be that the gun that he killed her with is actually behind that. And they don't know how to open it because it's one of these dastardly machines. But I'm yeah, I'm with you. It's such a great misdirect that you're like, whoa, you don't even think about how simple it was that he just swapped. And they give it to you throughout the movie, like they're sitting there when they first get the tape of him at the hotel room. And he's Mm -hmm. like, why the fuck was he there? Like, why do you go there? Why not just shoot him there? Why not? If why are you there? And so they ask you all these questions out loud throughout the movie that make you go, why was he there? What was he doing there? And if you think about it for two seconds, it makes sense. Well, shit, the cops there. he's not going to have his gun out there on the pool. He's going to leave it in the hotel room. You could swap the gun. Oh motherfucker! <laughs> I'll tell you what I thought because I
0: thought the gun swap happened in the house. Yeah, so I was like, "Shit, why was it? oh to get a look at what kind of gun the cop had?" Mm-hmm. That's what I thought. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that "Makes sense." He was after what kind of gun because he had to swap it in order for swap to make sense. It has to be the same gun. He's got to figure out exactly what kind of make model whatever, and then he's rich enough to go get a gun without needing a background check. Sure, we all know there's
1: separate rules for really wealthy people. So I was like, "Boom, that's it." And I was like. Missed it by that much. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. And I mean, it's so fucking genius. Like, the gun's never been fired before. When they, when they say that line, I'm like, wait, what? I'm like, how do you pull that off? You know, you go through all the complex ways. Like, he has a gun, he scratched, you know, he changed. You got falsified serial numbers. Mm-hmm. But I'm sitting there going, how do you pull that off? And it's just so simple that it's just a, a simple swap. swap. Yeah, and, I, mm-hmm. and, you know, I'm with you, like, halfway through i'm like man he had to have swapped it. They, that's why he had him set the guns down the guy went in he was without line of sight of his weapon he swapped them and then i was just like okay so the murder weapons but i didn't think about the double swap it's so no, fucked up because why would he swap it twice yeah it's extra work right like it <laughs> <laughs> doesn't make any sense you only
0: gotta swap it once yeah but yeah it is so uh. It's one of those movies that's so good because I was like, I almost got it. Mm-hmm.
1: Right.
0: I almost had it,
1: yeah. but still just missed it kind of completely. Yeah. And it just keeps you guessing. Well, and I mm-hmm. love too, like the little nuance performances are so good. Cause like his facial expressions and the way he delivers a line are ridiculous, but there were also some interesting pieces like that aren't a major part of the movie, but they really tell a big story too. And really add to this breakdown of poor Willie Beecham. Like his whole relationship with his future boss, this girl, and it's kind of dumb anyway, but I get it. There's so much alike in what they do. And I love Rosamund Pike. She can kill it. She's such an underrated actress. Like she's been in some great things, but she's never like really been A-list, A-list. But everything she's in is really good. She's amazing. And so watching her in this and being part of the distraction that's keeping this dude from figuring it out because not only is he distracted by the fact that he's going to this job, he's got this new job coming. He wants to win. He thinks it's an open and shut case, but he also now has this relationship that progresses pretty quickly. Like you go from meeting to sleeping together. Great. I get that. But then to meeting the family at Thanksgiving, that's a big fucking jump. And not only that, but dad's a judge, like, Mm -hmm. Holy shit sticks. Like, like you are diving in head first. Yeah, this dude's got a lot going on which certainly doesn't help him and then but you're watching his life crumble and so the actors around him again like you said there there's nobody major. I mean you got Billy Burke who like people see him and go, "I know they're his all, face," yeah, right?
0: They're all really good, but it's like they've never just been the
1: the it yeah. person for what they're able to do. But from a supporting cast perspective, like phenomenal. Amazing. Like it wouldn't be Like I say, it wouldn't be as good a movie without Anthony Hopkins for sure. I think you had a couple actors that could have filled Ryan Gosling's place. Mm -hmm. But like people like Cliff Curtis, who plays this, the detective that you're talking about, the one that has to search the house a thousand times. Everybody knows his face and he's such a good actor. Nobody knows his name. Yeah, I couldn't. I just had to look it up again to see what it was. But it's like. Without him, that dynamic between him and Ryan Gosling was really entertaining throughout the movie. And you can see their frustrations playing off of each other that they really want to get this guy, but they just can't figure out how. So it just I, yeah, the writing is, really is outrageous. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I was like, you
0: know, when I sit on the couch, right, and relax when I watch movies, I was up there like this. What's <laughs> <gonna happen? laughs> It gets you, doesn't it? Like it pulls you in. Yeah, Um, and it's great because you have kind of you know Anthony Hopkins, who is the legend, right, Mm. amongst this cast. Oh yeah. Um, you can't replace him, but like you said, you could probably fit other people into these roles, Mm -hmm. um, and they would play a really good job because so much of the, I guess, focus is on Anthony Hopkins. Yeah. That they are free to kind of do their what they're good at fit into their role and make their own so they elevate themselves because okay. anthony hopkins is kind of the one who's taking all the i guess pressure yeah off of it just having him on set must have been incredible oh yeah first of all um but then just knowing that you know he's kind of there to help you get through everything he's got acting tips for you this giant of a man mm-hmm. type of a thing walking among the poor lowly peasants probably allowed them to shine even more and they're I say they're B-less because they've never really made it, but they're still phenomenal sport, cast. Oh, yeah. Which is amazing that they surrounded, you know, because then you have them surrounding Anthony Hopkins so that they can take some
1: of that scene time away from him and still hold a great scene so he doesn't have to be in every single part (laughs) of the movie. And finally, on that note, like I will give Ryan Gosling his due in that he holds his own against Anthony Hopkins Mm, very well. And don't get me wrong, I think... Like in watching most Anthony Hopkins movies, I think he elevates the people that he shares scenes with on a regular basis. It's kind of like that in sports too. Like I talk about that, like there's football teams that are phenomenal and you'll get like a really shit team that will come in and play very well against this team because they just elevate their game where they're at based on who they're playing. And I think Anthony Hopkins brings that to the table because you'll see actors that you're like, I just don't see them being like, for me, Ryan Gosling's great, but he's not Anthony Hopkins level. But in this movie, when they're acting against each other, he is on a yeah, level. Shows you know what I mean? Play. Yeah. And so it's really like there's been very few times when I look at Anthony Hopkins, I'm like, oh, he's he's acting right now with an equal like Ed Harris in Westworld. When they're mm-hmm. in the same scene, I'm like, Jesus, this is like juggernaut shit. And it, it's crazy. But most of these actors, like you'll still see him a lot of times in Westworld. Everybody that was with him, none of them are. Massive actors They're massive actors now because of Westworld But they all killed it In every scene he was in So I think he brings that But yeah, Ryan Gosling and him played off each other very well oh, It was yeah. amazing That I mean, when they're in the detention center Or oh. cell, whatever it is,
0: detention block mm-hmm. Great The ending kind of, you know, at oh, the end Where they're in the house and they're playing off each other And there's that banter back and forth mm-hmm. Amazing yeah. And then just the courtroom drama both when you, they're in the actual courtroom then also when they're with just the judge talking. It's almost, like you said, you know, you up your game. It's easier to shine when you don't have that pressure because I really like Ryan Gosling as an actor, mm-hmm. but not necessarily when he's the lead. Agreed. Like I, I think he is That's really good, good even if he's a co-lead, a co-star, where he's sharing the screen with someone else where he can feed off of the other person who's leading with him. Yeah. If you put him kind of as the, like, uh, the new Blade Runner, wasn't a huge fan of it, but when he was with Harrison Ford. He was amazing. Uh, amazing. Yeah. And so he's one of those where it's like, he's, he's really good. Mm-hmm. But if you try and put everything on him, I just don't like him as, or don't think he can really rise to that great level. He still does a good job.
1: Sure. He's great. It's like that extra step to get Tomos that legendary actor status. That makes a lot of sense. Cause most of the movies that I like him in, the more I think about it, like he's got somebody else. With him, like Crazy Stupid Love, like he's got Mm -hmm. Emma Roberts, Emma Stone, Emma Stone, Emma Stone. Emma Stone. I think it's Emma Stone.
0: There's a lot of Emma.
1: God, there is. (laughs) It is. It's Emma Stone, and then Steve Carell. So them playing off each other, like I really enjoyed the movie The Nice Guys with him and uh, Russell Crowe. It's a really (laughs) weird movie, but they played together really well. So yeah, I mean, I I think you're right on the money there. The more you talk about, like he does well when he has a great scene partner, but there's movies like he did this one called drive. It just was not my favorite movie because he kind of had to carry it. So he doesn't carry films for me, but he does really well when he's got someone to act with. That's a good point. I like that. All right. Should we rate this thing? Let's do it. All right. I'll go first. I don't think it's any secret that with it being my recommendation, I love this film. It's one I watch every, I told you every couple of years, every few years, I have to let it marinate. Because too much, you're like, okay, I get all the, I know all the secrets, right? When it's too fresh. Mm -hmm. So it's not as fun to rehash that. So the rewatchability does take a little bit of a hit, but as far as I've never watched it and been disappointed in the film, because I think the acting is so outrageously good. And I think the writing is so ridiculously good that it just carries this film, no matter how many times I've seen it, that it's just that good. It's kind of like Inside Man in that way where... I know what's coming, but getting there is the fun part. And so it's like, I can forgive the fact that I know the secret because it's so good still going through the process of getting to the end. And I love the little nuanced visual pieces and like the, the comparison of the characters. I think that really speaks to the writing too. Like, and I didn't even talk about it until just now, but like the end, the very end courtroom scene, you see where the movie ends, there's kind of a flip-flop, right? They were one-on-one against each other most of it. And then you see now that he's actually in trouble, he's got he's this got whole team, team of, lawyers. of lawyers behind him. And then it's just little Ryan Gosling sitting at his own table by himself, looking cocky and confident because he knows that now he's done the right work and he's done his due diligence. And now he's going to, he's got him in this place where he's in trouble. So I really enjoy just those little pieces that if you're not paying attention to what's going on around you, you'll miss them. And I missed them all, most of them for the first in the first because I'm trying to figure out what's going on. And so that's one of the reasons the rewatchability is still good. Cause there's little things that you can see and catch and learn in each film. Yeah. Great movie, just phenomenal. I'm giving it a five. I have never Woo! done back to back fives, but I'm giving it a five. And I'm usually pretty harsh on my own recommendations because I try not to be. But this one's just so up there for me that it's five for me. And I'll for yeah, sure nice. be watching this again. So all right, Alec, your turn. Excellent.
0: Yeah, so this is the first time I'd ever seen this movie, ever heard of this movie, and amazing. Once again, JJ's recommendations are spot on. I'll tell you, we didn't get to talk about it, but I think probably my favorite scene was the inner dilemma that Ryan Gosling has Mm -hmm. when he has planted evidence Mm -hmm. from the detective, and Mm -hmm. he's sitting there like, ooh, I could nail him. This is what I need. This is what I need. It could all go away. I can still win this. All I got to do is make the call. Mm -hmm. And he chooses not to, and it turns out to be the right decision because he finds the evidence he needs later. And I know that if he had brought out fake bullets, Anthony Hopkins would have had an answer. And that's probably what's going through his mind. Like, what could possibly go wrong? How can he do this? So it's just such a great little tidbits with this film. As for the rewatchability, I think I would watch it again, but there would be parts that I would skip. Yeah you know, we kind of talked about a little bit where it's a little bit slow in areas on the first watch. I needed that yeah. because it kept me engaged. Like when's the, there's gotta be some, there's gotta be a reason for this. Why is this here now? After I've seen kind of how it ends I'm like, Oh, I don't really need to see the DA going to his house and helping him move stuff. Skip to kind of shorten it down a little bit. But on the first few, watch, I was going, why is the DA there? What is the DA? No, the DA has to know something like, geez, why would you go all the way to this <laughs> shit hole of a house and help him move stuff? Mm-hmm. Um, so i mean that kept me glued well done movie extremely great and oh my goodness 2023 is starting out great because this was a five yeah and i'll be watching it again back-to-back fives for the both of us yeah. we should just not even invite matt to back home. i know right it's <laughs> great for the podcast we love it. um it. yeah we'll definitely be watching this one again
1: that's amazing awesome. movie. that's a great point dude i didn't even think about the fact that like I guess I did, but I didn't. The fact that when you talk about the scene where he's considering the planet evidence, like it has to be running through his mind that this dude has kicked my ass all the way through this. He, and if he I has do something planned for this trick. Yeah, he's got to know that this is an option and that this this detective who's sleeping with his wife would stoop there. Right. So that's a great point. Glad you brought that up man you know so charles reached out our patreon mm. he reached out when i when i put this on the list for him to vote on on patreon which there's my shameless plug go do Boom. that if you want to vote on what movies we do each month you can go do that on patreon but he was voting those for the the six movies and he picked one of these and he told me he'd never even heard of this movie before so he hadn't seen it either so that's always exciting right. for me because this one you know it's not a huge well-known movie surprisingly enough to me but because it of slipped it came out summer ish right before summer of 2007 which was a huge movie year for movies and so it kind of slid under the radar yeah.
0: and then really think about it like after that year you have the superhero movies marvel that kind of take over the cinema and so like yeah i was like this should have been front page of
1: everywhere yeah but it's not it's it's yeah. a lot of people haven't heard of it so again glad i can introduce cool movies to people that hadn't watched them or heard of them. So, cause it's, it's one of my favorites, but all right, sir, tell everybody where they can find us.
0: Absolutely. All right. So thank you for tuning in to our episode of fracture. We appreciate the listen and hope you will stop by again. We were hoping that Matson would be back from his wonderful and exotic land of the hobbits trip. Um, <laughs> but you know, time and issues will rebound. Always, So we look forward to having him back soon. Uh, Be sure to check us out on YouTube where you can see our smiling faces. And, you know, I had some more stuff about Madsen here, but we can just skip that because it looks like some shady is going to make us wait a little longer for his return. (laughs) Sir Anthony Hopkins absolutely delivered in this film, and we clearly need to revisit some of his lesser known roles. So let us know which one we have maybe overlooked. Or your favorite and we can get it added to the docket if you find that our crazy podcast speaks to your soul and decide to stay for a while consider joining us on patreon special thanks to our current patron auckland zoo's flamingo exhibit you sir would be a great dick this has been yet another first class episode and now i will send it back to the behemoth of
1: bust the caliph of clout the great bambino jj Oh, shit. That was good. He wouldn't make a great dick. I know, right? Just saying, just saying. You know who else is a great dick when it comes to finding obscure movies? Alec. Mm, you I need to find a DVD that you can't <laughs> seem to find anywhere else. That's your dick right there. Wow, I will be your dick <laughs> for anybody who wants a movie. <laughs> I love that this joke has just been a running joke for this whole episode. This
0: is not going away, boy Oh,
1: hell no. I'm sorry, that that was- yeah, Owen's going to stick around for a while. We're going to have to explain. You need to go watch the Fracture episode if you want yeah. to get the dick joke. I love it. As always, we appreciate you tuning in. We'll catch you on the next one.
0: Hasta <laughs> la vista,
1: baby. Cinemagic out.